In late December, I decided to take a day off and spend that entirely with the Lord. I drove around town, the places where I'd lived, the places where I'd worked, the places where I'd gone to school, all of the places that I was, I began to pray for them, for the people that I'd known over 50 years or more, those that had unfinished conversations, those who had uh, come partly to the Lord, I didn't know where they were, those who were still making advances in their Christian life, a lot of burdens, a lot of churches that I'd spent time with that were no more. Uh, and I came back home and I was really burdened about them and I really was uh, heavy in heart because I had lots of concerns for them. And um, I, uh, I sat there and I was uh, concerned about that. And uh, I just started not complaining to the Lord, but just really asking, you know, for His, for his help, His guidance, His care of them. And the Lord reminded me that that was supposed to be a day spent listening to Him, and I hadn't listened. <laughs> I hadn't listened at all. I'd done all the talking. So He said, I, I pick up the, kind of gave me a thought, pick up the Bible and read where you've been reading. And it was in Exodus 34. And I read the first four verses, kind of ho-hum, you know, about uh, Moses going up and chiseling out some rocks and so forth. I thought, that's not very interesting. And then I came to the fifth verse. It says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud, stood there with him, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. So I thought, you know, that's that's what the Lord had for me that day, was to know that uh, he had been with me. He had come down in the cloud, ridden around with me, and he was proclaiming his name, the Lord, the becoming one, the becoming all that I needed him to be in the lives of those people, becoming all that those people needed him to be. It was his promise to me that he was taking care of my concerns for them. How deep is your knowledge of God? God wants to remind us that he loves us, that he is taking care of the concerns we have for ourselves and for others. Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we will hear the third of three podcasts featuring Dr. Richard Spann, former director of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Richard was a guest speaker at our men's retreat in April 2023. Today he helps us understand the practical application of knowing and understanding the names of God. God delights to reveal himself to us. I'm going to tell a couple of brief stories here. One is El Roy, El Elyon, El Shaddai. And about 20 years ago, I was meeting with a close friend, and uh, we often met with him, but he was late that day. But to back up even before that, two or three days earlier, <clears throat> I was about to go into our favorite uh, Scottish restaurant to meet my wife, and uh, I had an impression that I needed to get a blood test. I kind of brushed that off. But the next day, I thought, you know, I need to get that blood test. And I don't know where it came from, but the Lord was speaking to me, saying, giving me that impression. So I didn't eat that morning, and I got the blood test Tuesday morning. Forgot entirely about it. Three days later, I was supposed to meet him at 6 o'clock, but he didn't show up, and that never happened. Uh, at 6.30, we were supposed to go into our Bible study at the church. We had four or five men that we met with, and uh, they didn't show up either. Which was which was never occurred before, and uh, I said, "Well, what'll I do? I've got some time here." And I went over to a shelf and I put down a, a, 
book up that said the names of God. So I began to look at that, and I looked at these three, El Roy, the God who sees, El Elyon, the God who controls, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient all one. So I spent an hour and a half just looking at that, just amazed at the great treasures that God was showing me there. I was all just excited about that, met my wife later for coffee, and then on to work. <clears throat> and then at work Friday morning, I got to the office, I picked up a, a letter from the lab, and uh, it was a blood. It was a blood test that I'd had three days ago, uh, and I opened that, and I knew immediately what that week was all about. God knew there was a problem, got me in to uh, get the lab test. Not only that, but He had orchestrated my morning so that I could be prepared for that by knowing His care, His the fact that He was God Most High, God Almighty. He was preparing me for, for the news all ahead of time, just in a miraculous way. Uh, Adonai, the Lord, I remember when I left my office to go to work as an intensivist. I was working at St. Joe. I'd worked there only about uh, two years. But I got a letter there saying, we're closing, we're closing this job. We're no longer going to have intensivists at St. Joe. We're sorry, but we're going to let you go. I'd closed my practice already, and I thought, boy, this is a bomb deal. You know, they didn't close my practice, go to work for them to start the program, and they fire me after about a year and a half or two. So I wrote out a letter to uh, the CEO, you know, and they formed that out and kind of disgruntled. And I'd no sooner finished that letter, the Lord said, I have some verses for you to look at. And so he led me to look at a group of seven or eight verses I wrote down. But one of those was Genesis 15.1. said, Fear not, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. And I began thinking about that, what that meant, a shield, exceeding great reward, which was Adonai. Now, there are two things that we all require in life. One is security, and one is significance. Security and significance. And what the Lord was saying, I'm your shield, I am your security. It doesn't matter where you work, if you work, who you know, where you've been. I am your security. And he's saying, I am your exceeding great reward. I am your significance. There's no other significance like me. I am your security. I am your significance. Your significance does not depend upon where you work, if you work. And I, and I think that it's just a tremendous opportunity to just to revel in the fact that God was revealing Himself to me as Adonai. That's been such a blessing since. That was 2007, 16 years ago. And so uh, I left that day just kind of rejoicing in the Lord and I packed up my things and we left. We were actually on a trip to see our kids. They were missionaries in Africa at that time. So we left and went to uh, France and Africa for two or three months, came back, kind of got the house ready and didn't know what we'd do. And then the next month they says, you know, we're sorry, we, we really didn't need you after all, so I went back to, back to work for them. But I think the value of this was really learning, learning the treasure of who he is. So I began thinking over my life, what else has God revealed to me? And I remember uh, Jehovah Jireh. Um, <clears throat> we lived in a little house there on the corner of Second and Seneca, in Wichita. My dad was a policeman, and um, he. We didn't really have much. He rode a bicycle to work, actually, bicycle. Uh, 
And uh, we had a shoe jar that we put money in. And that whenever whenever we had enough money there, the next person in line for shoes would get new shoes. And so it was my turn to get shoes. I was looking forward to that. But Dad had taken us down to the forum for a service. I forget who the uh, individual was, but he asked for some money for a donation. And I just felt, well, maybe the Lord wanted me to do that. And so we went back the next night. So knowing that the I was the next one in line for the shoe jar, I thought, well, maybe I can take the money in the shoe jar, which I did. I didn't check with anybody. I should have. But I put that money in the little sack the next night. My mother asked me the next day, because Dad told her, said, where did you get money for the uh, for the offering? I said, well, I got it from the shoe jar. Well, she didn't say anything. But I know that it was a disappointment to her because, you know, no shoes for a while. The next morning, I remember going out in the lawn. I can still see that lawn today. And I found dollar bills with the corners cut out of them, about four or five of those. Picked those up to show them to her and ran in the dirt alley next to our house. It was like somebody's sack had dropped off from their grocery sack. And it was quarters, half dollars, scooped those up. It was at least $10, maybe $11 or $12. Took that back to my mom. But as I think back, uh, of that years ago, I think the Lord was, was showing me that the Lord will provide. That's his name. And uh, he wanted me, wanted me to look back on that in my life. <clears throat> so I would encourage you uh, to look back and think how the Lord has manifested his name to you. So we're going to look at some aspects of how God desires to know him by name. Uh, and these one of these three verses, I would encourage you to memorize. Proverbs eighteen ten: The name of the Lord is a strong tower; the righteous run to it and are safe. Isaiah fifty ten: Let him who walks in the dark and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Or Psalm twenty verse seven: Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. I remember the day that I memorized that verse. There was a day after the election between Carter and Ford. We went to bed. No one knew whether it was Carter or Ford. But I was going to meet a friend that morning later on, and I was just in the office reading this psalm. And I looked at that, and the words just kind of leaped out. Some trust in Carter and some in Ford, but we'll remember the name of the Lord. <laughs> now, now, chariots and horses and carters and Ford have long since gone. But there are things in our life that we, we trust in, like chariots and horses. But we need to trust in the name of the Lord. We need to know Him by name. <clears throat> so what I have done here is to list different aspects of the name of the Lord. The Lord actually has one name, and that name is Yahweh Jehovah. The name God is simply a designation. The name Lord is a title. But what God has given us is one name, Yahweh Jehovah. Now that name is a comprehensive name. That name means I am all that you need. I will be all that you ever need. And what the Lord has done in the Old Testament is to give us illustrations of that. And I'll review these just briefly. Uh, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. And this was the story of Moses again. Uh, In prayer, we can lift our hands to him because we know he is our banner. 
and if there is in situations in your life where you need a banner, you need to look to Him, He will become all that we need as we come to Him as our banner. Jehovah said, Can you the Lord our righteousness? Jeremiah 23. It's interesting how each one of these is given to people who are most desperately in need. The time that the Lord said, you are my, I'm your righteousness, children of Israel had been uh, captured, were on their way out of their country uh, to be in a different country. There was never a lower point in that country than at that point in time. And the Lord, in His great love and mercy, came and said, I am your righteousness. Similarly, earlier when the children of Israel were in the desert, uh, they were anything but sanctified. The Lord came and said, I am the one who will set you apart. We find Jehovah Shalom in the days of Gideon, where he's beating out wheat in a wine press because he was oppressed by the Midianites. And he says, I will be your peace. I will be your peace. Uh, So in our lives, if there are times where we need to know that He is our righteousness, He is the one who sanctifies, that we need peace, we need to look to Him, because He will become those things. The Lord is our shepherd in Psalm 23.1. I don't know how often I go through that psalm to really assure myself that He is indeed my shepherd. The Lord is our healer. Psalm 103 talks about the Lord who has healed all of our diseases. What that means is if you have had a disease that healed, He is the one who healed it. He may have done miraculous things. He may have done a work of a doctor. But He is the healer. And finally, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there in Ezekiel 48.35. The last verse in Ezekiel. The people at this time were in Babylon. Their temple was gone, their country was gone, their language was gone. And the Lord was saying, there will come a time, uh, you miss the Lord now, but there will come a time the Lord will be there. The promises of the Lord to His people. And they're all connected with His name, I Am. I am becoming what you need. I am becoming all that you need. And we see that in the New Testament. Uh, we see this same name given to our Lord as our Lord came as Jehovah. Uh, he came as Jehovah Hoshea, uh, which is which is Jesus. That means I am your salvation. That is the meaning of his name. And then he just he he illustrates that I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. He identified with with Yahweh before Abraham was born. I am. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. So we're given so many illustrations of this throughout our scripture. The Lord wants us to take advantage of all of them because there's, even if he had given us a hundred more illustrations, there's no way to exhaust the meaning of that name, I am Yahweh. And... This verse, James 4 8, uh, is a very significant one and basically describes how we can know God. Come to me, he says, and I will come to you. Come to me, and I will come to you. In late December, I decided to take a day off and spend that entirely with the Lord. 
I drove around town, the places where I lived, the places where I worked, places where I'd gone to school, all of the places that I was, I began to pray for them, for the people that I'd known over 50 years or more, those that had unfinished conversations, those who had uh, come partly to the Lord, I didn't know where they were, those who were still making advances in their Christian life, a lot of burdens, a lot of churches that I'd spent time with that were no more. Uh, and I came back home, and I was really burdened about them, and I really was uh, heavy in heart because I had lots of concerns for them. And um, I uh, I sat there, and I was uh, concerned about that. And uh, I just started not complaining to the Lord, but just really asking, you know, for His for His help, His guidance, His care of them. And the Lord reminded me that that was supposed to be a day spent listening to Him, and I hadn't listened. <laughs> I hadn't listened at all. I'd done all the talking. So He said, I, I pick up the, kind of gave me a thought, pick up the Bible and read where you've been reading. And it was in Exodus 34. And I read the first four verses, kind of whole hum, you know, about uh, Moses going up and chiseling out some rocks and so forth. I thought, that's not very interesting. And then I came to the fifth verse. It says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud, stood there with him, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. So I thought, you know, that's that's what the Lord had for me that day, was to know that uh, he had been with me. He had come down in the cloud, ridden around with me, and he was proclaiming his name, the Lord, the becoming one, the becoming all that I needed him to be in the lives of those people, becoming all that those people needed him to be. It was his promise to me that he was taking care of my concerns for them. Uh, and this is who he is. This is what he wants us to know about him, that he will become all that we need him to be. When everything else is gone uh, in our lives, he says, I'm enough. God alone and God is enough. Sometimes there are situations in our life where we reach what we think is the ultimate bottom. Uh, when we reach there, we need to remember Deuteronomy 33, 27. The everlasting God is your king, and underneath are the everlasting arms. When we reach the total bottom, the, the everlasting arms are there for us. Whether that be an illness, a sickness, or a loss, God wants us to know that, that he, as Yahweh, is there to hold us with his everlasting arms. And that's why he wants us to know his name, wants us to know his name as Yahweh, the becoming one. So let me close for us in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you've given us your name. You've given us your, your understanding. You've come into our lives to direct us. We thank you that wherever we go, whatever problem we have, you are there to meet us, to greet us, and to assure us that you will become all that we need you to be. We thank you for your great love, for your great power. We thank you for the opportunity that we have of entering into this relationship with you. We just pray this in your name. Amen. God, who is El Roy, the All-Seeing One, El Elyon, the Most High God, the All-Powerful One, and El Shaddai, the All-Loving One, who nourishes us just as we need, is there to hold you with His everlasting, strong arms. We can rest in that truth, even in the midst of trials heartaches, and challenges. Join us next time for more encouragement on how to walk in faithfulness to the Lord as together we learn more about making disciples naturally.
The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.